When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, welcome to another episode of It's Not All Rainbows. I'm your host, Lindsay Goodman. I'm a certified trauma recovery coach, and I'm also a survivor of abuse in a queer relationship. I'm here to help you figure out what's really going on in your relationship, to help get you out and on the road to recovery. Today, I'm going to talk about how horrible it feels to know that our brains are actually damaged when we experience abuse, whether it's in a relationship or from our parents or whatever happens, our brain is damaged. It is rewired. And a lot of times when we hear those things, we see people talking about that. It's like, well, shoot, like I didn't ask for this. And what am I going to do? Is this forever? And the good thing is that it's not forever. So I want to talk about something that really helped me. It's sort of an image that really helped me um, feel more hopeful. And also like, what are some ways that we can really retrain our brain? Um, before we begin, I will do my struggles and successes. Um, a struggle is that I've been really, really tired lately. Like I've been getting good sleep. Um, and yet I've taken a nap. Um, I'm visiting my family, um, in Indiana and I've taken a nap every single day because I'm so tired. I can't get through the day and I don't know why. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's just because I'm, I have less to do. So I am more relaxed and my body's just like, Hey, let's do this. Um, I noticed you're not like, go, go, go. Like you always are. So, Hey, let's do this. Um, and so, but like feeling so tired is something that I'm not used to. And so the success that comes with that is the fact that I'm just listening to my body and each afternoon, whatever time it is, when I start to feel tired, I curl up in the chair that my mom has in her living room. She has this like massive circle, like round fluffy chair. And I just curl up in that thing and pass out. Like my kid's just playing on the floor and luckily he's just been like, okay, my mom's asleep. I'm going to keep playing. Um, and I'm allowing myself to take naps, which is really new for me because rest is something that I have always struggled with. I'm very much like my worth is measured by my productivity. And you know what? That's just not true. Like our bodies need rest. Rest is not a reward. Rest is super important. So I don't know. We'll see what happens when we get back to Washington and real life starts again. Um, whether I'll feel this tired, whether I'll listen to my body, what that will look like. So um Let's dive in. Before we do, I do want to apologize. I'm filming at night. It's um, 11 p.m. I have a little bit of time here before bed. I'm going to do this before I cry dive in. Um, and the lighting's just not great. It's not great. So I apologize if you're watching this on YouTube. Okay. So when we experience abuse, like I said, our brains are damage. The makeup of our brain changes. And I'm not going to go into the makeup of our brain and what shrinks and what grows and what this and what that, because I'm not a brain doctor. I'm not a scientist. Um, that's definitely something that you can research. Um, you know, how does the brain change after trauma? How does the brain change after abuse, which is probably less likely to, um, to come up because that's not usually the way that like professionals talk. It's just, you know, trauma, but, um, 
it's changed. It's different. You know this because if you have experienced abuse, you know that you're not the same person that you were before you experienced abuse. You're you're scared. You've probably got CPTSD. You're jumpy. You're, you know, your head is on a swivel when you're in public looking for that abuser's car, looking for them, like walking into the coffee shop. You don't trust people. You have flashbacks. All the things that I have talked about um, for a while, we experience those that we didn't have before. Unless, again, if you grew up with an abusive parent, um, you probably have more, like, you just grew up this way. Um and so, like I said, it can be very discouraging. It can be very discouraging and you can think, well, I'm never going to be the same. And like, you won't be the same. You're going to be different. You're going to be better. You're going to be stronger, smarter, faster, whatever. Um, you can though, you can retrain your brain. And like I said earlier, this is something that is a light at the end of the tunnel that we as survivors can hold onto. I think it's very important for us to have that awareness and not feel like there is no light at the end of the tunnel because that's how it feels when we're in it. We feel crazy. We feel like we're always going to be this way. Um, we feel like we are the cause. We are the problem. And we don't realize that the abuse is the problem. The abuse is causing all this dysregulation. The abuse is causing all of these, you know, mental, physical health problems and that that can change. So one of the things that helps me to picture the brain and how this works um, is like, so, you know, like we have these messages that we have been given our whole lives, either as children, like, for example, your parents said that you were lazy or your parents said you, you know, what, like your value came from what you could do for them or how you looked or something like that. And then society gave us similar messages and then partners gave us similar messages. So our brain is like, this is the path that I know. This message is what I have received we're going to keep shooting this down the same neural pathway, right? So that message is just going, 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 going. And it's the, I don't know, again, I'm not a brain scientist, but that is like the widest path, the easiest, the path of least resistance for the brain, right? The same thing, and this is what I tell people like in coaching when I like, I really like analogies, but I picture you're going on a hike and you're taking the path that's already there. You're not gonna like grab a machete and go walking through the woods and be like, I'm gonna make my own path, right? So what I like to imagine is that we're walking, maybe not in the woods, cause that's not gonna work when I, we talk about retraining it, but you're walking on this path. I'm kind of picturing like this beautiful, like rolling hill cliffside in Scotland. When I went to Scotland one time, Denotter Castle is like on a cliff. Like you have to walk there, and like cross this, I don't fully remember because it was like 12 years ago and it's just on a cliff, but there's like this little rolling path. It's it's actually not a super like well-traveled. Anyway, so there's this little rolling path and what I, that's like what I'm envisioning in my head. And so what I'm picturing is like, you're just going down that path because that's what's there, right? And so with the brain, if we work, if we do the work, and I know it can feel really overwhelming to try something new and to tell yourself a message that you've never been told and to go down this, like you're going down this path that you've never gone down, but we can take the messages that we've received. I'm going to simplify it. I'm going to make it sound like you can do this once and you're going to be fine. That's not actually the truth. And we'll talk about that some more, but you can take that message and you can say, uh-uh, no, you're not welcome here anymore. We're going to exchange it with this message over and over and over and over and over again until your brain creates a new neural pathway. And eventually that is the message that your brain will believe. And I can tell you right now that it works because I no longer believe the things that my abuser told me or the things that I felt when I was with my abuser. 
am I perfect? Am I healed? Absolutely not. But my brain does not go down those pathways anymore. There's other pathways it's using. And so when we think about walking, we're going on a walk. Let's pretend it's our private property and we have this massive property because you're not supposed to walk off the path because it can damage the like the, the wildlife that's supposed to be there, right? But you have your property and you've always walked the same path. And all of a sudden you're like, this is actually by a cliff. And while I like the cliffs, the cliffs are kind of crumbling and this is getting really dangerous and I don't like this anymore. So I'm going to weave myself a new path. The first time you walk on that path, you're just making it up as you go. There's nothing there. There's no way to lead you, but you're like, I think this will be a really good path. After a couple of times, you start to notice that it's there's, you can tell that someone's been walking there. It's not a trail yet, but you can tell someone's been walking there. Eventually it becomes a trail. Eventually that is your trail, right? So same concept. Um, that's what I like to tell my survivors who I'm coaching, who are like, what am I supposed to do next? Because our brains are absolutely fried after this. So after saying all of that, like, imagery of walking down that path. And that's what I really want you to think about when you're like, how do I even do this? It is possible. Just like creating a new path on your big, huge, rolling, safe, uh, beautiful, calming property that we have in our brains. And, um, but like, how do we do this? One way is like I said, we exchange the message. And so I know this might sound really cheesy and like, we've all heard like the toxic positivity and we've all heard the like, just the, like, everything's fine. I can handle it because I'm not going to say the rest. But like, life is the strongest battles, whatever. And um, so we've all heard that stuff. We've all heard, like, really cheesy healing stuff. But I do think that when you have that message, so say your abuser, trigger warning, right? Trigger warning, because I'm going to maybe say something that's the thing that you heard. But your abuser tells you that nobody likes you. And I actually did this. I had to work through this one hardcore. So that's a great example. Um, nobody likes you. Nobody likes you. You're not a good person. That is what I was told. They were a good person. I was not a good person, apparently. And so I kind of started to believe that. And then after I left, things would happen where I would either worry that I was a bad person. And then I would have to stop and say, you're not a bad person because you're not a bad person because whatever that is. Or I would see people so loving and so caring and so like people I hadn't seen for four years, people who had never met my son, meeting me with open arms. Like when I went back to Spain after I left, I went back like a month after I left, I reached out to my friend. I just said I was going through a really bad breakup and I wanted to come to Spain and I just really wanted to see my friends. I planned on getting an Airbnb. And she was like, absolutely. I'll get the gangs together. We'll love to have you. We can't wait to see you. Um, and she lives in a town like 30 minutes from where I usually stay. She's got a little one bedroom. Like there was no, it was never like, we're going to come stay with you. Nothing like that. It was just like, Hey, I'm an adult. I have a kid. We're coming. Is anyone going to be around? And, um, a while later she messaged me and she's like, Hey, I talked to my brother. He's got a place. It's, it was November in this tiny coastal town in Spain. It's empty. They're not using it. He wants to offer it to you. You and your son can stay there for as long as you want to. And I just was floored and I cried. And I was like, why would they do this for me? They haven't seen me in four years. They don't even know if I'm a good person anymore. Maybe I've changed in four years. They knew. And they did this amazing gesture for me. So that for me was, you know, a lot of times when we receive the same message over and over, the bad messaging, we look for further proof. That's just what our brains do. We're not doing it on purpose. 
but our brains look for further proof that we are worthless, that we're lazy, that we can't do anything right, all of that stuff. We do. But I started looking for proof, not like, oh, I'm going to ask everyone for validation. I'm going to see if anyone else thinks I'm a good person, but I would see that and I would see it for what it is. These people must think I'm a good person to go so far out of their way to help me when they have no idea what I just went through. They don't know how I'm going to show up. And they're just saying, hey, we have a place for you. Please come to it and stay as long as you want. Um, so things like that happen. And, um, you know, you start to look for proof of that and start to tell yourself, again, I'm just going to say on this one example, it could be for anything. So when you have that moment, I'm a bad person. Nobody likes me. Think, wait a minute. Why are my friends who I just completely abandoned for three years willing to slowly work things out with me and work back into a friendship? Of course, you know, they're healing too. I understand that I definitely hurt them, uh, but they understand what happened. They saw for what it was and they're still here. Why would they still be here if I was a bad person? They're still here. You know, start to really journal it if you have to, write it down. My friends in Spain offered me a place to stay for two weeks. Like, how could I be a bad person and really work through that, creating that new path for yourself? I fully believe that. Um, I've read about it before. I tried it myself. There's still things I'm working on. A lot of childhood messages are very powerful and very hard to unlearn and you know find new pathways for, but our brains are incredible. Are we ever going to erase what happened to us? No, it's always going to be a part of who we are. Our bodies remember those things. But as we retrain our brains and as we work through our triggers, which is another thing, which I don't think I've ever done an episode about like, you know, tips and tricks for working through triggers and ways to, you know, honor that those triggers exist and also minimize them so that you're not panicking when they come up. You're more just like, ooh. <sighs> that's a trigger. And I understand why. And, you know, I'm not there today. I'm right here. So I'll be okay. Um, I think I probably should do, I'm going to write down right now an episode about triggers and what helped me. And here's the thing y'all is I'm telling you the things that helped me. Um, I hope it's valuable to you, but also we are different people and it might not work for you. So when I just gave you examples of what I did to train my brain, which was like looking for real life examples, slowing down and telling myself, this isn't true. They didn't want me to have friends. Um, they saw that I was loved. And so they gave me this message. This is not my message. I don't need to repeat the message that they gave me. Or really a big one was that I was a bad mom. And that's a very easy one. I thought I was about to wrap this up. That's a very easy one because moms are immediately, probably before the kid's even born. Yes, not probably. I have had a child. The moment you realize you're pregnant, you are a walking target for society to absolutely torture you and make you feel like you're not good enough. Any choices you make during pregnancy, there's like warring factions. This is the right way. That's the wrong way. And there's lots of people on both. What you do with your baby, how you feed your baby, how your baby sleeps, how your baby looks, what you name them, what they wear, what they blah, 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 everything. You're like, I'm not good enough. Or, you know, you, you're, you're struggling with breastfeeding or your baby's not sleeping well. And you're thinking, oh, my other friend's baby sleeps well, or people on social media show me whatever, whether you're, you know, whether you're like, I don't know how I'm trying to say this. Like the message is there, whether you're looking on social media and seeing all these people who are sharing the perfect 
wonderful parts of their lives because it's I'm sure there are like really honest moms out there, but it's really hard to find people who are vulnerable and authentic, but also just not like miserable all this like that would be hard, you know. We need to have some like real like authenticity is these are my good times and also I struggle too. And this is the reality of having this can be the reality of having a baby and this can be the reality of being a single mom. This can be the reality of being abused. And so again, it's very easy for someone to say, Hey, you're a bad mom. X, Y, Z, look at you. You can't do this. You can't do that. And so I had a lot of those messages. I have ADHD, very, very easy target. I'm saying these things because maybe you're going to think, oh my gosh, I have ADHD or I have this or I have that, or I'm a mom too. And I was told not to trigger you, but to help you remember this is, you know, maybe it's something that needs to be worked through and say, oh my gosh, yeah, me too. I forgot about that. Again, I hope it's not triggering you, but knowing that the messages came from someone else. They came from society and your abuser used them to further drive that message home. Very, very easy work for them. And so that was another thing I had to work through. Am I a bad mom? Some days I still look at my kid. I'm like, I didn't do enough today. Or I wasn't feeling very present today or whatever. Here's the thing. Whether you homeschool or your kid goes to regular school or your kid is one or your kid's 21, doesn't matter. I am not the kind of person. My child is homeschooled right now. Will it happen forever? I don't know. But I'm not the kind of person who's like, homeschool's the only way. Mm -mm. Public school is that. Nothing like that. So don't get any weird vibes when I'm about to say this. But I homeschool my child. Um, he does go to a homeschool program a couple days a week. Um, not during the summer. I travel with him for long periods during the summer. It's just me and him, right? And yet there's still days where I'm like, I didn't spend enough time with him today. Like when you're together all day, again, this doesn't have to be your reality. Some of you aren't even parents, but like, why would I need to be perfect and present all day long? It's ebbing and flowing and every day is not going to be the same. So now we're back to, again, maybe you're homeschooling. You're like, oh my gosh, me too. Maybe you're not. But the times that your kids are home, you're also having those ebbing and flowing and we're all going to have mom guilt. We're all going to, anyway, I know a lot of you aren't parents, so please, you know, I'm sorry that you had to bear with me through that, but we have those moments of feeling like bad moms or bad parents and we have to work through that. I have to stop and I have to say, yeah, okay, today you were tired. You worked three days, you know, three long days. I worked 40 hours in three days, which is crazy. Um, you worked three long days. And on Monday, you guys went to, I don't know, Canada for a day trip and you were together all day. Like, why couldn't you be off today? Why couldn't you be tired today? And maybe you're sitting on the couch watching and playing. You're not very, you know, does that make you a bad mom? Absolutely not. You guys, we're humans. Even if you blow up on your kid here and there, we're humans. Like, enough about parenting. But, like, we got to realize that we're not bad people and we're not bad moms and we're not lazy and we're not worthless and we're none of those things that our abusers said we were. We have grace and compassion for our healing, hurting, healing selves while we are on this journey. The compassion and grace that we show others and that we show our children is what we also deserve. So that is what we need to do while we are working through this. Okay, I know I went on a little tangent there. I almost feel like I could make a whole episode about being a bad mom because I really just went off there. I know a lot of you aren't parents. I know a lot of you are. So definitely if you're listening to this and you're like, please do that, let me know because I'll put it on my list. I'm gonna wrap this up. This one's getting long. I see the clock ticking. Um, so thank you for listening. I am a certified trauma recovery coach. I've actually had some awesome coaching sessions this month. Um, 
really excited to work with the people who have reached out recently. We, I, it's, it's one of those things where like, sometimes I will go a little bit without coaching because my schedule just doesn't allow it. And then I'm like, am I really like, am I a coach? Like, am I really good at this? And I'm not going to be like, Oh, I'm the best coach ever. But when I'm sitting with someone and we're talking through something and I see the aha moment and I know that like, are they going to be fine tomorrow? No, but that I just helped someone unlock something that was locked and that they can now work through and that they can now use as a coping skill or they can now use, you know, to heal. Um, is really incredible. And I want to be able to do that with you too. So if you are listening to this and you're like, you know what, I've been thinking about it for a while, it's time, check out my availability. Um, you can go to the lindsaygoodman.com, uh, click on the coaching tab, or you can go directly to calendly.com slash lindsaygoodman. Um, if you like this podcast or if you're watching on YouTube, please rate, review, subscribe. I always read the reviews on Apple um, podcasts. I don't think I can see any reviews on Spotify. I don't know, but I do check and I'm like, oh, another thank you. Um, I do really appreciate it. So thank you so much. Please go and do something nice for yourselves. I know this isn't a fun topic and go drink some water. Bye y'all. I'll be back next week with more.